Welcome to From the Well, a podcast from the Academy for Spiritual Formation. We invite you to take the time to pause, center, and listen deeply. The content you will hear contains excerpts from faculty presentations recorded at Academy for Spiritual Formation events. The Academy is an international program ministry of the Upper Room that provides courses of retreat and study steeped in the rhythms and practices of contemplative life. For more information, please visit our website at academy.upperroom.org. We hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Kristen Vincent. It is February, and we find ourselves in the midst of a convergence of several calendar events. On the 10th, many of us gathered to have ashen crosses drawn on our foreheads, marking the entry into the Lenten season. A few days later, the 14th saw people around us celebrating Valentine's Day with cards, gifts, and other acts of love. And throughout the month, primaries have been held across the country to elect our presidential candidates. Whether they are obvious or not, I see connections among all of these milestones. First, the process of choosing a president is never easy. Election years are always full of debates and ads that fuel ugly personal attacks, tear down more than build up, and often mislead the public. This year is no exception. There is a great deal of fighting, both within and among the political parties, and it is easy to get caught up in the frenzy. In the process, our country becomes more divided, and in the end, the people who lose out are the ones the candidates and parties claim to represent. In other words, all of us. This brings to mind Roberta Bondi's teaching about Dorotheos of Gaza, a 6th century Christian monk and abbot, or leader of a monastery. Dorotheos was concerned that the monks in his care were fighting too much amongst themselves. To help them, Dorotheos used an illustration, which Dr. Bondi describes here. Okay, says Dorotheos, imagine that you're going to draw a circle, he says. Okay, you put down the, uh, the point of the compass in the middle where it's going to be. And then you draw around the compass, you draw a circle around it. Now, he says, draw lines that go from the outside of the circle to the middle. Now, remember, this is a diagram of reality. The outside of the circle is the world. And the lines that move toward the center are human lives, human beings. Now, in the center, where people are moving toward is God. So human beings are made in such a way that we are all moving toward God if we are, move, if we are doing what we want to be doing. But, says Dorotheus, notice how as you move toward God on this diagram, the closer you get to God, the closer you get to other people. Now, what happens when the movement goes in the other direction and you get farther and farther away from the brothers and sisters? What happens? You move farther from God. Okay, and I love this diagram because it's very clear that the way it is an illustration of the fact that for these people, there is no way to love God without loving 
other people. If you say you love other people and you love God, but in fact you don't seem to love people, you're fooling yourself. There's a character in the Brothers Karamazov who uh, who says to the, the monk in Brothers Karamazov that... that uh, she really loves, she loves God and she loves other people. The only thing is, is she loves other people in the abstract. She can't stand them in reality. Now, because uh, Zosima is a kind person in the book, he doesn't say anything obvious to her, like, you're kidding yourself. You know. Uh, but in fact, that's the implication. It's not possible to say, I love humanity but I can't stand people. Fortunately, I love God. I mean, you can say it. It's just that it's not true, right? So we are interconnected. We and God and other people are interconnected in such a way that we cannot be separated. Movement toward God, which is what we're doing, that's what the Christian life is about, in love, is movement toward other people in love. You know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. It's a great commandment. Yes. And somebody asks Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? And he makes it clear that it's whoever is there. Dorotheo's diagram of the circle and the lines is, I think, really helpful for us Christians as we navigate this election year. Before we get caught up in the rhetoric and grandstanding, we should step back and remember that we are called to move towards God, and in doing so, towards each other. Debates and campaigns that turn personal and ugly cause us to move away from each other and away from God. This is where the Valentine's Connection comes in. On February 14th, we are encouraged to share messages of love with the people who are special in our life, which is a wonderful thing. But as Christians, we are called to share love with all people every day of our lives. This is a love that goes beyond the sentimental romantic love we celebrate on Valentine's Day. This is a love that calls us out of our comfort zones, out of our limited human understandings of love, to the love of God and love of our neighbor. Here, Dr. Bondi shares what the early monastics taught about this kind of love. So our life is about moving into love, the love of God and the love of neighbor. The trick is, is that loving does not come easily to us. You know, this is not a sentimental view of things by a very long shot. We are made... In the image of God, all of us are made in the image of God. Major characteristic of God is love, which then for us enables us to see the world around us and to see people around us. The assumption is that unless we're looking through the lens of love, whatever we think we know is not trustworthy. In fact, it's trustworthy not to be true. So what we want is to be clarifying our ability to see reality, which enables us to love. And that is really what the image of God is about, as I understand it. So what we want is to 
see as God sees through the eyes of love. So the life of the practicos is, is training in love. It is training in love. It is to get us to the point where we are not subject to our passions. Now, that is what you say, okay, how come we have to do that if we're made in the image of God? It's because of the passions. The image of God in human beings is damaged, or as Athanasius, uh, the 4th century Egyptian great bishop and theologian, says, if you imagine the image of God in us being like a portrait of God, only it's all smudged and the paint is coming off and and what we need to do in the Christian life is restore that image to what it was meant to be. The Christian life is about a restoration of the image of God in us, which enables us to love. Don't ever leave that part of it off. We're not talking about living by a set of rules or laws or, or you know, we're not talking here about the righteousness of God or any of those concepts that we that Protestants are used to you know we're talking here about love so the image of God in love in us is natural but because it's damaged by the passions the monk's job is to fight the passions so that they don't have the same control over us so that as every passion that is beaten down allows us to see reality better and to love more. We are capable of loving this way. It is possible because we have been formed in the image of the God of love, but it doesn't come easily, as Dr. Bondi explained, because the image of God in us has been damaged. Our passions, those parts of us that want to act selfishly or step over others or promote agendas that are not in everyone's interest, keep us from showing love to others particularly the people we don't like or understand or who belong to the opposing political party. Still, if we are to move towards God, we must try. Which brings us to Lent. Lent is the season in which we journey with Jesus towards Jerusalem and the cross. During this season, it's common to fast. And often these fasts come in the form of giving up chocolate or Facebook or television. And all of that is fine. But the point is that we do something that cleanses and transforms us, helping us to grow closer to Jesus. I think the idea of journey can be particularly useful to us in understanding Lent. Here, Dr. Lloyd Allen is speaking at a five-day Academy for Spiritual Formation about the idea of pilgrimage. He explains the concept of pilgrimage as a form of spiritual discipline that can lead us to God. I want to talk about these physical journeys that have been taken by Christians for centuries and centuries, since since right after the church starts, and to take these as a kind of spiritual discipline, a way of one becoming spiritually formed. Spiritual formation is being conformed to the image of Christ for the sake of self, others, and the world. And these are disciplines, prayer, meditation, pilgrimage, which are things that uh, help to form that image of Christ uh, in persons. 
As he continues to explain, there are three elements to pilgrimage. What is pilgrimage? Pilgrimage is a particular type of journey. The type of journey it is, is threefold, in which you go away from home, you leave home. Second, it is to a sacred destination, either place or person. When I was in seminary in Louisville, Kentucky, we regularly made pilgrimage to Mount Juliet, Tennessee, where a prophetic old Baptist minister uh, who no longer went to church, wouldn't even call it church because he said it wasn't like church for him, Will Campbell lived here. And uh, he would sit out in his little office and you could sit in the abandoned barber's chair and he would sit behind his little desk and uh, give us bits of wisdom like, you need to be in the church. I don't think you should leave the church. You should stay in the church because they will provide you a soapbox and everybody needs a soapbox. <laughs> so get on that soapbox and don't let them take it away from you. But you don't have to do everything you're asked to do. Uh, you can take pilgrimage to persons or to sacred places. But if you're doing the, the classical, physical journey to a sacred place or sacred person, what we will later hear called thin places, you are going someplace. Now, to try to play with that metaphor a little bit here, I'm going to invite you today to think about where do you want to go? And once you've been there, pilgrims go back home. They return. So it's threefold. And I've got the labyrinth up here because the labyrinth is like a mini image of this threefold. You cross the threshold, you find your way into the sacred place, and then you find your way out, and then you cross the threshold and you come back. Uh, uh, God willing, God willing, you come back transformed. So part of your time here is to be willing to be transformed. It's for you to be open to being transformed, to hear and see and uh, receive what is given you. This Lent, I invite you to take a pilgrimage. You don't have to go away somewhere to do this. With the right mindset, you can do this in the midst of your daily life. You just have to figure out where you're going. What is your sacred destination? Is it growing closer to the image of God within you? Is it learning to love as God loves? Or is it something else? What will you need to leave in order to go on this pilgrimage? You may not physically leave home, but what habits or comforts or assumptions will you need to leave behind so that you can be open to this transformative journey? And when you return, how will you take what you've learned back into your daily life? How will you live as one who has been transformed? This year will be significant for our country as we choose our next president. From the way it looks now, this year could also be very divisive but it doesn't have to be this way. We can change the outcome beginning with each one of us. If each of us chooses to live and love as God loves, the dynamics will start to change. Fewer of us will engage in mean-spirited debates, whether on social media or amongst our friends or on the campaign trail. 
more of us will be willing to set aside our differences and come together to talk about how together we can help our country. Gradually, the rhetoric at the national level will change. We will come together instead of being divided. I pray you will use the season of Lent as an opportunity to become a pilgrim, to walk with Christ towards the heart of God, to be transformed, and to return to the world filled with a love that is game-changing, joyful, and deep. Thanks be to God, and thanks for joining me. We hope you enjoy this installment of From the Well, a podcast from the Academy for Spiritual Formation. We encourage you to visit our website at academy.upperroom.org to learn more about our ministry and to continue the conversation about today's topic. You can join our mail list from the contact page and you can also find us on Facebook. From the Well is now available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Just search for From the Well or Academy for Spiritual Formation from within any of those services. From there, you can subscribe to our monthly podcast, find previous episodes, offer comments, and share it with others. Thank you and blessings on your journey.